Welcome to EarthWise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley with a piece about the Emperor. As we continue on our path through the 22 major arcana cards of the tarot, we come next to the Emperor. The major arcana represents the soul's journey, and each card can be understood more fully when we see it in relationship to the previous one, in this case, the Empress. Not only does the emperor arise out of the empress, but if we see the tarot through the lens of earth-based spirituality, we know that the emperor is the son and consort of the empress, and he draws his energy and purpose from his queen. In the Rider-Waite tarot deck, which is probably the most familiar collection of tarot cards, the emperor is seated on a square stone throne that is built on a platform of square stone slabs. Seated on his throne, his feet do not touch the earth. Beneath him, the land rises into bare, rocky peaks. The water that flows behind him, his throne, is a mere trickle running over sand. Compared to the empress who reclines on a velvet couch in the middle of a fertile field bordered by a rushing stream and surrounded by a lush forest, the emperor, who appears to preside over a barren landscape, has no direct contact with nature. The natural world seems not to concern him, except as something to conquer and rule. As if to further illustrate his character, he wears a suit of armor, partially concealed by his kingly robes, to suggest his underlying aggressive nature. And carved into the corners of his throne are four ram's heads. The ram is the traditional symbol of the zodiac sign Aries, signifying force and action. The emperor represents ambition, authority, and worldly achievement. He manifests the impulse to take control of life. He embodies status, rank, and power over others. The emperor also symbolizes the use of the mind and the intellect, the ability to use reason, to analyze, and to think rationally to solve problems. The emperor is the maker of rules and the enforcer of those rules, as well as the judge and punisher when those rules are broken. In short, the emperor is the father of civilization. His stern expression, his long white beard, and white hair flowing from beneath his crown denote his dominance and authority. He represents our intention to tame nature and divert its abundance to our use, to carve cities or homesteads out of the wilderness, to harness the energies and resources of nature to serve the needs and desires of humans. Sitting solidly, even rigidly, on his throne, the emperor represents the constructs of society and culture, including religion, education, laws and government, art, literature, and music. Without the emperor, we could not get anything done, in the masculine energy sense of setting and achieving goals. Without the emperor, our lives would flow along in a rich, fertile, interconnected, yet undifferentiated and perpetual process of feminine energy. The emperor carries the number four, and even his number reinforces his character. The number four represents form, solidity, and structure, and orientation to order and rationality. The number four describes the square, the container of manifest reality. Four is also the prime ordering factor in our culture. We think in terms of the four directions, the four corners of the earth, the four elements of air, fire, water, and earth, and the four seasons, to name just a few, 
of the many orders of four with which we categorize our world. And yet, this solid, square, masculine picture of the emperor, ruler of the civilized world, contains two symbols that point to the feminine source of his power. In his hands, he holds the emblems of his authority, the orb and the crooks on Santa, which is a scepter topped with a modified ankh. While in more recent times, the orb and crooks on Sata signified the sovereignty of the king over his kingdom, in ancient times, both the orb and the crooks on Sata were goddess symbols. The orb represented the earth's fertile belly and her power to create life. The crooks on Santa was originally a symbol of the great goddess, which eventually became our symbol for Venus and woman. A T-shape with a circle on top, representing a woman with her arms outstretched. These two symbols of rulership were given to the emperor by his empress, so that he could have the power to create society out of nature, to accomplish goals using the riches of the natural world, which is the function of masculine energy. <clears throat> the emperor rules best and most wisely when he honors his connection with feminine energy and acknowledges that his power and legitimacy come from his empress. In becoming emperor, he has replaced the direct experience of nature with the abstractions of society, hence his elevated and isolated position on his rigid throne. But he holds in his hands his gifts of goddess energy. While he is concerned with creating stability, he must pay equal attention to morality. In his quest for justice, he must equally seek out mercy. As he searches for rational truth, he must also allow his vision to be enriched by emotion and intuition, and his planned and structured actions tempered with play and spontaneity. If he cannot honor and manifest the gifts of the empress, his kingdom will be cruel, cold, hard, and uninspired. The emperor, though a significator of masculine energy, is embodied by everyone, regardless of gender. Whenever we set goals for ourselves, use our intellect to structure and carry out goals, we are using masculine energy. The emperor's energy arises out of its baseline of feminine earth energy, achieves its goal, and then subsides back into the continuous flow of feminine energy, to be nourished, revitalized, until the next goal needs to be achieved. May the emperor be a kind and creative ruler in your life. Blessed be. You've been listening to Earthwise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley.